Welcome to Thrive in Design, a podcast about making money in beautiful interiors as it relates to product-based businesses in the interior design industry. Each week, we'll discuss innovative strategies on how to approach product development and design sales in a shifting market. I'm your host, Nicole Lachey-Ben. Welcome to the first episode of the Thrive in Design podcast. Season one is going to be a treat. We have 12 episodes of amazing content coming to you hot every Thursday morning. And I like to call it Thrive Thursday. And I hope you are as excited as I am. Today, it'll just be me sharing with you. I want to let you know a little bit about my journey in the interior design industry, how Thrive in Design came about and the methodology that I use to help interior product companies increase their brand awareness and revenue. So I hope you're ready. Let's dive in. All right, so let me take you guys back to where my journey in the interior design industry began and a little bit about my journey in entrepreneurship too. So I like to say I was an entrepreneur from the time I came out of my mother's womb, basically. The first business that I ever started was actually uh, with my cousins on my great-grandmother's porch in Baltimore, Maryland, and we made custom coloring books. So we would take a printer paper, trace the drawings in different books that we had, and then bind them together with our own methods and then sell them on the front porch of my great-grandmother's house. That kind of gives you an idea of the type of entrepreneur that I am. And it was a collaborative project, but I've basically been doing different types of entrepreneurial endeavors since then. Now, fast forward to middle school, Nicole. I was 12 years old, and I don't know what the other middle schoolers were doing at the time, but I know in my free time, I was watching HGTV. Right now, if people bring up HGTV and I tell them that I work in the interior design industry, I do get a little bit offended because that's typically what people think of when they think of interior design if they're not familiar with the industry, right? They think home decor, home makeovers, HGTV is the only thing that has to do with interior design. But the good thing is it was the thing that inspired my career in interior design. I was obsessed with the home makeover shows because I love to see a transformation for people's homes, right? They would have their space looking whatever type of way, right? And then the designer and the contractors would come in, set the vision, completely transform the space, and to see the homeowner's reaction was priceless, right? You could just see their eyes light up. You could see them cry. You could see that their life would be improved or they would be able to make like lifelong memories in this new transformed, beautifully designed space. It wasn't necessarily about the finishes or what the um, place really looked like for the audience that was watching the show, but it was the transformation and the impact that it was making on those people that really drew me in at a very young age. And that's when I decided like, hey, that's pretty cool. Like I wanna make an impact on people like that through this artistic expression. 
So at 12 years old, I committed to starting a career in interior design, which I know might sound crazy to some people, but I went from, you know, saying what all the kids say, like, oh, I'm going to be a doctor or a lawyer and deciding that I wanted to study interior design. And I come from a family where we don't have a lot of artists or college graduates even. So this was something for me that was just like, way off the beaten path, right? Something that I was just committing to. And as I went into high school and I started to look at the requirements of what it would take to get into an interior design program for college, I started to understand that I needed to learn how to draw, that I needed to know how to paint so that I could create my art portfolio to get into these schools, right? But I also understood that I could not draw. I could not paint, but I what I did have was a t- determination to go after this dream to make a lasting impact on, on people's lives. So I figured it all out. I took all the classes, the art classes that I could take and created my portfolio, got accepted to six out of the eight colleges that I applied for and ended up going to pursue my Bachelor of Fine Arts and in Interior Design at Syracuse University. Go Orange for the people that are listening. That's a little bit about what inspired me and what continues to inspire me about interior design. And I've carved out a special niche with my company, Thrive in Design. Funny enough, my senior year at Syracuse, we had a final project, which was pretty much a thesis project that lasted the two semesters of our senior year. And the prompt for that project was to solve a world issue using interior design. Now, I remember thinking like, what world issue am I about to solve with the skills that I have learned over the last three years? Like, you know, I was just in the the middle of nowhere in Syracuse. I really wasn't uh, well-versed in what world issues were. But at the time, I was interning at this architecture firm in downtown Syracuse, which I interned for for a year. And what I understood in my realm that a problem was generational gaps in the workplace. I was the youngest at my internship, right? I was about, what, 21 years old at the time. And everybody else at the firm was either maybe 10 years older than me or more. I understood the design process, but what I didn't understand was why was there such a disconnect between myself and the next generation or the next generation and the generation after that. It was just a circle of disconnect in terms of uh, relating to each other in the workplace. My 21-year-old self said, this is the world issue that I'm going to tackle with interior design which doesn't seem like it would have a connection, right? But what I understood about the design process, right, and understanding the design process is that you put people at the center. So when I went on to tackle this, I thought, okay, if I was designing an interior space, I would want to understand how people are going to move through the space, how people are going to use the space, how they're going to interact in the space. So I took that same concept and applied it to understanding generational gaps in the workplace. How are people relating to each other? 
what problems are arising or what are their pain points when I see them relating to each other. And then when I'm identifying those pain points, how can I ideate different solutions to, you know, come to my final design or my final solution for that matter, for lack of a better term, right? So after going through the design process as it related to this world issue, I ended up coming up with a full-on like business concept that had, you know, social media integration that had a designed space and it was called the break room. And it's very important that I'm telling you this right now because it's a full circle moment of coming to Thrive and Design. So the concept for the break room was basically a social media plugin, right, that allowed people's shared interests to match with one another, no matter what generation they were in. So no matter if they were a millennial, Gen X, Gen Y, uh, Gen Z, baby boomers, right? So the plugin would take people's common interests and match them and also take into consideration their location. Takes their location, takes their common interests and matches them and sets them up almost for a meetup or a date of some sorts so that they can uh, share their common interests together. And where would they meet up? It was in the interior space that I designed, which was designed within a mobile shipping container. And this is when uh, there was like a rise in popularity of people using shipping containers in their designs, right? So I used the shipping container as a, a base for my design. And the idea was that after these people would meet up in the space, they would share their connections. Maybe they would do an art project together. Maybe they would make music together. Maybe they would share their travels together and their experiences. And they would leave something behind in the space so that when the shipping container of the break room traveled to the next city, the next group of people could also connect with the people who had already been there, right? So it was a super dope concept and maybe I'll bring it back at some point because the break room was my full introduction into the design thinking process and into innovation. And it's what led me on to end up pursuing a master's in design management. So that's a little bit of the foundation of like my passion for interior design and to make an impact on people and how that design process also inspires innovation in terms of business ideas, how you're putting them to market, how people are interacting with each other, how they're collaborating collaborating with each other, and most importantly, how I'm using digital experiences intertwined in what I'm doing. Fast forward 10 years, right? So actually, let me not skip over. I left design school, right? Both my bachelor and master's program And I actually went on to pursue a career in sales, right? Because as a millennial woman who is probably only the second person in my immediate family that graduated from college, I didn't really have a blueprint to say, okay, this is what my career path looks like, even though I had these passions. Here I am, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to get a job in sales for an interior product company in New York City and let me see where that takes me. Let me see if I can get a job as a design strategist or innovation manager or something of the sorts. Well, 10 years later, I stayed in sales 
And I didn't know how I would bring this passion for interior design and design management and innovation, design thinking, digital experiences all together until now, really. A couple of years ago, back in January 2019, and I hope you guys are following me, I started my consulting company, Nicole Lachey Consulting LLC, and I just set out to use design thinking to help small businesses innovate. But it was very broad. (laughs) I was helping companies that created journals, companies that created beauty products, companies that were doing e-courses, virtual assistants. I was all over the place. It wasn't until I saw a real need in the market, especially the interior design market, for something different. Something different in terms of design and innovation consulting. So mid-year 2021, so now you're listening to this 2022, so mid-year last year, I had this moment where I started thinking about and started dreaming about Thrive in Design, Thrive in Design. And it led me to revamp my consulting business that I started in January 2019. And as I thought of Thrive in Design, I really thought about, one, how much I hated sales calls, right? I know you guys weren't expecting me to say this, but really how much I hated sales calls. When I first started in architectural and design sales, my manager told me that I had to do 25 plus sales calls per week. I went on to other companies that told me, oh, just keep throwing things at the wall until something sticks. And those were their strategies to get sales and get specifications with interior designers and architects. I hated it. I hated it. I knew there had to be something better. So as I continued on in my career in sales, I actually secretly didn't do what my manager said. What I really focused on was designing an experience with my clients that allowed them to keep coming back to me over and over again and keep specifying the products that I was representing. What I did also was make sure that I differentiated myself by incorporating digital experiences into the touch points with my clients. My managers didn't even know what I was doing. They knew that I was hitting my sales goals and exceeding my sales goals, but they were like, oh, Nicole, keep doing what you're doing. How many of you have told your your staff that? But you don't even know exactly what they're doing that's working. When I decided to revamp my consulting business as Thrive and Design, I saw what I had experienced, right, in my career, in my 10 plus year career in design sales, I also saw companies panicking when market disruption hit in 2019 to connect with their client base without in-person interaction, like they were scrambling. And I saw them being 15% off budget or more in trying to figure out how are we going to bounce back because our strategies were not set up for us to face market disruption. They were set up for us to keep doing what we're doing, but we didn't know what was working of what we were doing. So that's where I came in. I decided to revamp my consulting business and position Thrive and Design in a way that helps interior product companies increase their brand awareness and increase their revenue, but also tune into 
a designer's experience with their brand, revamp that experience, and also include digital touch points in that experience, in that experience, right, with their brands and their product so that they can continue to thrive, continue to increase their brand awareness, continue to increase their revenue, and also be innovators, like stand out. As I'm mapping out the processes and the journey, the customer journey that a designer has with an interior product company. So say that, say we were working together, right? As we're mapping this out, I typically like to use my proprietary method, which I call ace the journey. So when you hear ace the journey, I want you to think of one, a customer journey with your brand. Within design thinking, there's a tool called the, a customer journey map, right? And it allows you to map out a, a customer's journey with your brand from the time that they hear about your brand until the time they make a purchase until, you know, they have interaction with your brand even after the purchase, right? So that's that journey. And when you think of the word ace, you think, oh man, this you want to ace something, right? Think of like back to grade school, you want to ace a test. That's the, getting the best grade possible on your test. So I put together those two things and say you want to ace the journey, as in the customer journey, as in the designer's journey with your brand so that they can keep coming back to you, so that they can keep specking your products and you can continuously grow your revenue even in the face of market disruption. And the the word ACE is actually an acronym that I'll be talking more about here on this podcast and in my live training that I host uh, for interior product company leaders. But I'm just gonna give you a preview, a little taste of what ACE stands for today. ACE, like I said, is an acronym. A is for appearing, C is for consulting, and E is for executing. A is for appearing. So that talks about the first part of a customer journey or designer's journey with your brand. How are you appearing in the market or how is your company appearing in the market? So this is the first touch point. When a designer first finds out about your brand, First of all, how are they finding out about it? And when they do find out about it, what are the touch points and what are they finding, right? In terms of your brand story, um, your branding, your product information, the quality of your products, right? So that's how you're appearing in the market. And then the second portion, you got them hooked after you, uh, after they came into that first touch point with you. How are you consulting designers? A lot of times, I'll see companies not have a real strategy once they, you know, get a designer hooked into their product. They'll just be like, okay, we're having all these product launches throughout the year. Uh, we need to get all of our sampling in the designer's library or maybe now in their home libraries. Um, we need to do as many product presentations as we can and hope that they choose our products for the designs that they're currently working on, right? versus thinking about how are we consulting designers, meaning taking a consultative approach. And I'm not gonna get into that too much right now, but it's really taking into account what the designer is working on, their needs, and then positioning products based on the needs that they have for their current projects. And I could go on for that, about that for days and days and days.
okay? But I'm just giving you guys a little teaser right now. And the last part of that ACE is executing. So how are you executing the sale to bring that design to fruition? Because you can grab the designer's attention when you're appearing to them. You can get them to specify your product when you're consulting them. But when you're executing that sale, that's, the, that's where the money resides, you guys. So what systems do you have in place internally to, to process the sale, to expedite the sale, to steal your competitor's business so that you can get to the money, get to your revenue goals, hit budget for the quarter, for the year. So that's a little bit of taste and we'll be getting into ACE the journey in the next few weeks. And if you are attending one of my live trainings, you'll hear all about it and all the things of how you can start applying that to your business. But I'm going to leave you with this today. I want you to think about your biggest challenge right now in your interior product company, whether it's capturing a designer's attention with your existing products, new product launches, whether it's getting designers to specify your products, whether it's winning business back or building relationships with new designers, figuring out your digital strategy and your digital footprint online. Whatever that is, I want you to make note of it right now. Just the first thing. And when you think of it, I want you to go over to LinkedIn and message me and I want you to start the conversation with me. And I want to help you start tackling that problem. All right. So that's all for now. I hope you enjoyed this first episode of the Thrive and Design podcast. And I will talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us this week on Thrive and Design. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Thrive and Design. And for more strategies on how your product company can innovate in the interior design industry, head to training.thriveanddesign.co. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review so we can continue to create captivating content. See you next week.